Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope to Hear This podcast. Today I have a friend from a long time ago, Lauren Song. We reconnected after 10 some odd years. And yeah, she talks to us about her journey in reconciling her relationship with her dad. It's, a, it's actually a really beautiful story of um, just a lot of ups and downs, but Lauren's decision to ultimately move back to Georgia um, to kind of have another go at a relationship with her dad. So uh, yeah, I hope you guys you guys get encouraged, inspired, and I hope you enjoy. Lauren, welcome to the podcast. Um, <laughs> it's so nice seeing you because um, just a, a, a little background for the listeners. Lauren and I, we went to high school together. We, we met freshman year, right? We did. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, we went to uh, a church together and we... So remind me, where did you go to college? Did you go to New York for college? No. So I went to Rhode Island School of Design. Mm. So gotcha. we went to, did you go to Eonjin for SAT? Mm-mm. Oh, so then, or do, do we go to Art Hagwon together? Yeah, that's right. We, we did go yeah. to Art Hagwon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we knew each other, but then with college being in different states, um, we kind of lost contact, but uh, we reconnected we recently. And uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy to say something like, I haven't seen you in 10 plus years. Like, I can't believe we're at the age where like we've gone a decade without like seeing somebody. That's just, it blows my mind. But yes, and it's 10 years of probably like adulthood that I haven't seen you exactly. or talked to you. In. Yeah. <laughs> but th- thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Um, and just for my benefit as well, uh, on, on today's podcast. Can we catch up a little bit, like hear about what you've been doing, uh, how, mm-hmm. you know, what you studied in college, you know, what you've been doing since? So I left Northview and when did we graduate? 2006. <laughs> and I went to Rhode Island. So I went to Rhode Island School of Design and I majored in textile design. Mm-hmm. So predominantly like printing, weaving and knitting fabrics is what I learned. Oh, cool. And then when I graduated from college, I didn't move to New York right away. It took me like six months to a year to get there. Mm -hmm. But I moved to New York and I started working and interning. Um, You know, I've done everything from designing towels to scarves to bikinis and then also bedding. But um, so I landed at Macy's and I started off designing bedding for Macy's. And then cool. now I transition into women's apparel. So I work for, um, I'm a senior designer for Macy's right now. Wow. So you've, you're pretty much doing exactly what you studied then, huh? I am. Um, I think in college, the dream was to do wallpaper. Um, but when <laughs> I went to go apply for jobs, not only was it a recession back in like 2010, right. it was also... Wallpaper was nobody leaves their job. And so it was all these old people sitting on their jobs. And so I kind of just had to do what I needed to do to get a job. Mm. And so in a roundabout way, I still did home interiors. I did bedding. Um, But really, at a certain point, I wanted more balance in life. And so I chose to switch over back to apparel because I had an old boss who I knew would have work-life balance would be my manager. And so it's kind of why I, I, I started in a fashion and apparel and then so in bikinis and then I ended up in interiors and home. Hmm. But then I kind of went back to apparel to for the person, not for the category. Interesting. So in apparel design, are you literally like designing what it's going to look like, you know, what colors, all of that? Or no, so I'm actually only designing the print and the pattern. So dots, stripes, flowers, plaids, anything like that. Oh, cool. So whatever like design you design, does someone else take it and then put it onto the clothing or like, wow, Mm -hmm. that's fascinating. In my industry, there's two divisions. So there's a designer or Mm -hmm. there's 
it's computer aided design, so CAD designer.、Mm-hmm. So I don't like to say CAD design because people kind of think of it as something else, like a、mm-hmm. 3D modeling. Right. But it's actually a print and pa-、uh, it's computer aided design, but I'm doing print and pattern only.、Mm-hmm. So I mean, I use like Photoshop and Illustrator, more of the creative suites, but it's just I'm, I'm literally drawing on the computer all day、mm-hmm. long. Wow, so you're kind of living my dream because、um, you know we mentioned how、um, we went to Art Hub One together. So like I was really into art in high school, and there was a moment in my life, like a decision point, where it was either go to engineering school or go to art school, and I chose engineering. But tell me, how is life for you? Do you are you are you enjoying like the work that you do, and do you still have the same love of art that you had as a student?、Hmm. <laughs> It's a great question. No, <laughs> so Macy's is really just my bill-paying job、mm-hmm. at the end of the day.、Mm-hmm. It's why I, you know, I mentioned I chose a person of a boss more than the category of business.、Mm-hmm. There are there are definitely moments at work where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a great idea, or like this is beautiful, but on a consistent, fulfilling, creative basis. Absolutely not,、mm. and so I actually started my own side business、yeah. called Laurel Society, and so I design flowers for weddings and events. So basically, I'm a florist, but to put my own liberal creative spin on it, I、mm. call it a floral designing company. That's so cool. So tell us,、oh, first of all, tell me about the name. Like, how did you come up with it? Does it have a special meaning, or、um, it actually does. So. I wanted something to kind of represent my name,、mm-hmm. but at the time when I was starting, I wasn't confident enough to be like Lauren Song's flowers, and so <laughs> Laurel Society plays off my initials LS.、Mm-hmm. Um, I also really wanted to keep my company kind of Christian based、mm-hmm. and Christian minded, and so I I started with the idea of wanting to create beautiful flowers. Um, for my friends, and especially at an affordable price,、mm. I saw that they were paying like a six hundred percent markup sometimes,、yeah. and it was. I mean, you you got married, right? Wedding flowers were expensive, probably. Yeah. yeah. And so you know, I really wanted to just. I wanted to use my talents that God gave to me as a creative person,、mm-hmm. and share that, but at a relatively more affordable rate.、Mm. And so, because that was the starting basis of why I created Laurel Society, I wanted to kind of tie in my Christian foundation into it. And so, Laurel is kind of like the crown of thorns, and society represents the Christian society. So it's more of a reminder to myself, because I will say in year. Two or three of business, I chased money, and I that burnout from chasing money was so fast.、Mm. Oh wow! Yeah, because when I saw it, it's like, oh, Laurel. Maybe she just changed a few letters at the end from Lauren to Laurel. But wow, that's so cool that there's like such a deep, like significant meaning behind that. Wow.、Mm-hmm. I mean, I do. People will often call me Laurel on accident.、Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I realized, oops, that was a slightly, <laughs> but、um, I mean, it's it's worked out, and I don't mind. Yeah, yeah, and you know,、um, so I, I saw some, of, I saw your Instagram, very beautiful, by the way, and it looks like like you're kind of、um, in the bio. It's like NYC florist. So do you only do your business in New York City, or are you kind of free to move around as you need to? So I I was so pre COVID I was kind of New York City area so I did New Jersey New York City,、mm-hmm. um, but you know after COVID it's kind of it's kind of changing and so、right. I only did this this week but I'm actually I've stopped bookings for the rest of this year and for next year so、I、actually have no weddings next year I just decided to close all bookings. Oh wow! Because I'm making the transition back to Georgia. Hmm. I see. Yeah. So, should we just jump into it? Can we? Can we talk about like the motivation behind all of that? Kind of the story of how all that unfolded, or is、yeah. unfolding. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, 
it, it's, it's actually a blessing in disguise from COVID.、Mm. So, when COVID started, you know, Macy's is a great company. Maybe、mm. someone will hear it from there or not, but they are very traditional in the way that they were working. And、mm. so, working from home, that culture was not embraced.、Mm. And they're very quick to acknowledge it. So, I think I'm fine saying it in、yeah. a public format. But <laughs>、um, so, when, when COVID started, it was, New York was the first epicenter of the United States. So, it was pretty bad、um, almost a year ago now. And we, we just packed up one day. I left the office on a Thursday with my laptop and my tablet,、mm-hmm. and I haven't been back since. <laughs> oh, wow. I literally went back once to kind of go get my stuff, but actually, physically working in the office, I've never been back.、Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a lot of my coworkers in、mm-hmm. the last year. Wow. And so,、um, you know, with New York being the epicenter and me having very loving parents. They called me almost every day asking me how I was getting groceries、mm-hmm. and, you know, if it was safe to not go anywhere. And what was I going to do in my 400 square foot apartment <laughs> when I had a beautiful family home in Georgia?、Mm-hmm. And so I kind of had pushed them off, I think like three or four weeks. And because I had a birthday trip planned at the end of March with my friends,、mm-hmm. and I wasn't willing to come down to Georgia and not do this birthday trip.、Mm-hmm. But the hotel kind of canceled on us, and we had to push it back. And so finally, I caved and I told my parents, okay, come pick me up. It wasn't even fly down. My parents were willing to make the drive from Alpharetta, Georgia, to、wow. New York City.、Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, if you, I think it's about 20 hours. I'm actually not really too sure. It could be、mm-hmm. a little bit less.、Mm-hmm. So, my parents literally got in the car, drove to New York,、mm-hmm. picked me up, didn't take a break, and drove back down. Wow. Wow. And so, I just, you know, I was still working for Macy's at the time. And,、mm-hmm. and so I, I came, and in my mind, I was like, this is a very temporary, like two to three weeks. Kind of ease their mind, and deep inside of me, I just hope New York will get better in two to three weeks and I can just go mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. and we'll all be back in the office. I mean, I really wasn't that naive, but I just I, I came to Georgia with absolutely no plan,、mm-hmm. and I packed a small suitcase with a hodgepodge of I don't know what the weather is and I don't know what I'm gonna wear, and I, I just came.、Mm-hmm. There was no plan. And I kind of dove into being here. Now, mind you, a week, not even a week after coming to Georgia, I got furloughed. Oh, wow.、Yeah. So basically, I was here with no job,、mm. <laughs> um, living under the same roof as my parents for the first time in 10 plus years. The first time with my dad, especially in 18 years. Oh, really? Yes.、Wow. So the last time I had physically lived with my dad was back in eighth grade. Oh, really? Wow.、Mm-hmm. Wait, was your dad somewhere else, or what, what w a s the circumstances around that? So I was born and raised in Georgia, but、um, my father, the first time he took a job in Korea was when I was in third grade. So、mm-hmm. we, I actually did half of third grade and half of fourth grade in Korea. And then the next time he took a job again in Korea was when I was in seventh, when I was going to seventh grade. So I did seventh and eighth grade in Korea.、Um, oh, it's yeah, all coming but, back to me. Okay. Uh, uh. <laughs> that's, prob- that's why we met in high school because、right. I left after sixth grade and I went to Webbridge, but you might have gone to like Taylor Road or、mm-hmm. another middle school. Right. I went to Taylor Road.、Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so,、um, you know, it's. So basically, when I was in seventh grade, that was kind of the start of our family being broken.、Mm-hmm. I have an older sister and a younger brother.、Mm-hmm. Um, when I was going to seventh grade, my sister was going to start high school. So she stayed in Georgia、mm-hmm. and she lived in our house with an aunt. And my father, my mother, me, and my younger brother moved to Korea.、Mm-hmm. So this is really the start of when our family is never a full family of five anymore. Wait, can you? 
So I, I remember Chini Nuna, your older, your older sister.、Mm-hmm. You had a younger brother? Am I just blanking? <laughs> so I feel so bad if my brother hears this, but everyone always asks me this question <laughs> because I think I just don't particularly talk about him.、Mm-hmm. He also didn't go to Northview because we're far enough in age where we、oh. don't overlap.、Mm, okay. Oh, gotcha. So we're five years apart. So he、mm-hmm. would have never come to high school with me. And I think the first two years of high school, I, my parents and my brother lived in Korea and I lived with my aunt. And so,、oh. yeah, I mean, so really, I mean, off tangent, but my sister went to Chattahoochee,、mm-hmm. I went to Northview, and my brother went to Alpharetta. I see, I see, okay. Oh, wow, I can't believe I didn't know yet. <laughs> no, I, I wonder, I'm trying to figure out if I knew at one point, but I've forgotten, or if I just never knew. But I must have known, right? You might have, but like even at Hambit at church,、mm-hmm. we were in youth group and he wasn't. So it wouldn't, there would have been no overlap there.、Mm-hmm. And then he, my parents actually moved to Seattle at one point、mm-hmm. and my brother went with them. And so there was just not enough of an overlap anywhere for you to probably know. Gotcha. I see. I see. You might know of my brother, funny、mm-hmm. enough, because、What? a lot of people know my brother. He went to tech. His name is Mark. Mark? I, I didn't have many friends at tech, so. <laughs> I,、uh. <laughs> but oh, so. interesting. Wow, so your parents and your family moved around quite a bit, huh? Yes. So we did the back and forth to Korea twice,、mm-hmm. or I did it twice.、Mm-hmm. And then my father predominantly stayed overseas after that second move. So、mm-hmm. if he wasn't in Korea, he was in India. Um, or Hong Kong. So he, he's, he predominantly worked overseas. I see. Wow. So, wait, let me ask you about the, the two transitions then, because I mean, Korea is not, I mean, especially back then, it, it was nothing like America, right? It, like the culture is very different. I mean, there's、yeah. so many just different things. I, I, I always remember、um, you were really good at Korean, and it, it came back to me because I realized, oh, that's right, because she had just come back. Um, from being in Korea. So, but how were those two moves back to America for you? Or, or even the, on the other side, how was the move to Korea for you?、Um, I think the second one impacted me a lot more than the first one. I think when you're in like third, fourth grade, transitions are a little bit easier.、Mm. Or if they affect you, it's somewhere lying underneath and you don't really know it's affecting you. Right. Um, so, we went to international school. So, I didn't go to Korean school. I went to an international、mm. school. The thing about the international school is it's only 100 kids per grade.、Mm-hmm. And these children have literally gone to school together every single year. So,、oh. they know each other.、Mm. And to kind of break into that society. Is a little bit hard.、Mm. And so the first one was okay because you're in third, fourth grade. It's easier to make friends. The second one, when I went as a seventh grader, was brutally hard. And I think this is where my transition from being an extrovert to an introvert happened really quickly.、Mm. So I had like two or three people that I had met in third and fourth grade that I had met again then in seventh and eighth grade. And so I went in kind of having friends. But middle school is when everyone is the meanest. Right. Yeah. So I, I did get a little bit of、um, wangta. So in, in English, I guess it's like bullying to be a loner. Right. Like, like into a outcasted. Loner, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, outcasted.、Mm-hmm. So that did happen a little bit. And by, by the end of eighth grade, I was Basically, begging my parents to let me go back to the United States so I can do high school like my sister in America.、Mm, wow.、Um, I mean, it wasn't. I don't have bad memories. I eventually did make friends and then I had good memories, but it was never a country where I wanted to stay. It was a country that my dad had chosen to go to,、mm. and I was forced to go.、Mm. Like, I had best friends in sixth grade, and we were all about the Korean pride. We all had like KPX, ASEAN, <laughs>、right. 
AOL AIM yeah. and you know I, I wore yellow t-shirts every day <laughs> to show my <laughs> Korean pride and I think when I moved the second time I felt very not angry but just kind of resentful because I had left all of that and I had gone to that now this new country where Korean pride means nothing because everyone is Korean right. they all look like you and so yeah I mean I've blocked off a lot of it, but I will say I ha I still have a best friend from that school. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. And I reconnected with somebody in church in New Jersey from that school. Oh, wow. Small <laughs> so world. It's, it's come full circle in life, mm -hmm. but it's not, I didn't like that move at all. <laughs> I was excited to come back. I was basically just kind of counting my days for two years until I was coming back to America to do high school. Mm. And funny enough, Northview is the longest school I stayed at. Wow. So the four years yeah. at Northview. Wow. That's, mm -hmm. wow. that's crazy. <laughs> wow, because, huh? yeah, while I was growing up in Alpharetta, it kept getting redistricted because it kept growing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I've been to so many elementary schools <laughs> right i've been to like almost all of them in this area yeah, yeah that were um in the 90s and so yeah northview was the longest school i stayed at and probably my best memories of georgia <laughs> oh that's great at least uh, yeah. you, you have good memories um but so with korea though would you ever go back then with the uh, experience and memories that you have now um, I think I always want to go back to kind of see one teacher and eat the food mm. and maybe some shopping, mm -hmm. but that's about it. I have no desire to, to go. I see. Like I, if I'm going to spend the money to go somewhere, it's not Korea. I see. I see. Fair enough. But sorry, I, I kind of derailed your story, but, um, no, that's okay. Well, I mean, so, um, a lot of people also go back to Korea cause they have so much family. Mm -hmm. So my entire extended family up to like aunts and uncles live in georgia ah uh, i see yeah so when i go back to korea it's there's really no one to see ah uh, that's like kind of opposite for me because the only two people i'm related to by blood that are in america is uh my mom and my dad like everyone else i'm related to lives in korea now so your brother lives in korea yeah yeah so my brother he, he right um he he moved to korea um he got married in korea he like met someone there oh. got married he has two kids now he's he's a lawyer for like a korean company so he's pretty much planted his his roots there so yeah so i, I guess yeah it, it is different because i get excited like at the notion of going to korea but it's mostly because i get to see family and things like that mm -hmm. yeah, yeah so my mom is one of seven mm -hmm. i have five aunts and one uncle and they basically all live in Georgia. They all live in a 20 minute radius from my house. Wow, that's awesome. Wow. Yeah, and then my dad had um, has an older brother and had a younger brother. He passed away. Mm -hmm. And so, and my, uh, my father's older brother lives downtown Atlanta. So it, everyone's in Georgia. Mm -hmm. So for me, Georgia is really born and raised hometown where I'm from and, you know, if, it's complicated because I did live in Korea, but sometimes I'll just kind of breeze past it and be like, oh, born and raised in Atlanta my whole life. Mm, I see, I see. So yeah, the, let's get back to um, kind of the transition that you made the first time around, oh. going from New York here and living under the same roof <laughs> with your parents for the first time in decades, right? Yeah, so I did not know what I was gonna get myself into. I mean, I kind of had a feeling I was going to get furloughed. Mm. We had closed all of our Macy's stores. We weren't an essential business. We were making no money. Mm. So that wasn't a surprise to me. But um, I ended up staying here from the end of March to the middle of May. So oh, wow. it was just, it was the first time in about 10 years I wasn't working. Mm -hmm. So it was a weird like spring summer break in life. <laughs> um you know, I was living off the government, getting those unemployment checks. Mm. And that I think that kind of kept the anxiety at bay mm -hmm. <laughs> financially because I could still pay rent in New York. And then I just, I was here, but I was in Georgia with nothing to do. 
basically the only joy in the day was I had just, um, my sister had a baby in November of 2019. Mm -hmm. And so I had a nephew. Mm. And so I, I got to, I got to see him grow up mm. basically, basically I got to see him almost every month, um, because I had come back in for Christmas and January. And now I was back from basically March to May kind of seeing him grow up. Mm -hmm. So that was a really highlight, but with my dad and my mom, well, I kind of want to, with my mom, you know, I have a better relationship, but really with my dad, it was just foreign <laughs> it was new um i have a very typical korean relationship with my dad mm. silence is more comfortable than saying anything mm. yeah. and if i do need to say anything i have no idea what to say besides what's necessary if you look at our kakao talks it's very much you know kind of business mm, i see <laughs> A question and an answer and then the next time we talk again is when there's another when's your flight <laughs> this day at this time okay mm. <laughs> who's picking me up like that's my father and I don't go anything beyond that mm. and so it was really hard coming back during that time because I think with my father also moving back from Hong Kong in February oh so he was in Hong Kong until Oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sorry. So my, my parents were overseas. They were living in Hong Kong for about two years, I want to say. And they actually had decided to move back earlier than the whole COVID thing mm -hmm. because my nephew was born. And I think they really wanted to be a part of that. Yeah. And so um, they moved back one day, one or two days before flights were shut down from China. Wow. <laughs> It's lucky. Yeah. <laughs> grace of God. Yeah. Literally, grace of God. And so I think my dad had now been in Georgia for about a month and a half, spending time with my nephew. Mm. And I think, I mean, this is really my own assumption, but I think he had seen and realized how much he had missed out when mm. we were young and projected that need now of wanting to spend time with me as... Oh, I'm going to drive and get her from New York and she's going to come back and she's going to come back home and live under my roof. Mm. So that's kind of like the perception of my father. But then my perception is I am leaving my home in New York temporarily to run away from the epicenter. And when things are better, I will return back home. Mm. So now we have, you know, you have two people, two adults essentially on different playing fields. And then on top of that, I'm not working. Mm. <laughs> it's the first time I'm not working. I really honestly did not know what to do with myself. And in the beginning of the first two weeks, I was like, oh, I'm not doing anything. Like, this is amazing. I'm, I'm not doing anything. Yeah, like a nice surprise break. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then, you know, slowly I'm, I'm seeing my friends kind of do other things in New York and missing them, miss, missing my independence. Mm. I've now lived out of my parents' house for yeah. almost like 14, 15 years. And so kind of like not having space. My parents also go to bed around 8.30. <laughs> wow. uh -huh. So the house is quiet. Um, at the time, my sister and brother-in-law and nephew were also living in the house. Mm -hmm. And so it, it just... I just feel kind of bored and crazy and not New York and very unindependent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also, you know, like, you know, when I wanted to go out of the house, it's like COVID, so you really can't. Yeah. So my excuse is like, I need to go to Publix and grab something. And their reaction automatically is, we'll drive you. And I'm like, I'm 30, <laughs> I'm in my 30s. I'm 32, I can drive myself. <laughs> Um, but you know, they're really looking at me like I'm still 15, 16. Mm, yeah. And so that kind of like, you know, just to set the stage of like what's going on during those months. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there was a moment where my dad, it was my dad, my nephew and me, we were all kind of laying in bed watching him sleep because mm -hmm. for some reason it's fascinating to watch babies sleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he said to me, 
he, you know, he doesn't, he said it in Korean, so it doesn't translate well, but he basically said, I don't remember you guys at this age. Mm-hmm. And I was so busy working, I just don't remember anything. Mm-hmm. And so it was a half apology, but half not, because mm-hmm. he never said sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but you know but, from like a older korean gentleman that's that might be like the closest to an apology you might get you know <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah very close <laughs> and so i just that memory that moment in life is seared into my brain because mm-hmm. I, I think i actually saw how old my dad was mm-hmm. in that moment also mm-hmm. And so um, I only mentioned that moment because it's really what drove me to make the decision to move back now a year later. Mm-hmm. But um, not everything was happy during those two months. Like my, my dad and I had a huge fight at one moment at the dinner table. And everyone was there. My mom, my dad, my brother, my brother-in-law, my sister, the baby, everyone was there. Mm-hmm. And I think I just... I was going crazy. I was in the house all day and I felt crazy and I felt unnormal and unnatural. I felt very bound to not being able to do anything. And this is coming from a girl who's been living in New York. I can take the train, go wherever I want. And I just was expressing like, like just feeling so cooped up. Yeah. And I, I kept saying, I can't wait till I go home. And my father took it so offendingly oh man yeah because like i said before he was kind of seeing this as she's coming back home and i was seeing this as i'm visiting you guys and i'm gonna go back to my own house right i'm gonna run away from you the moment i can Wow. and so you know that was that was like the start of me kind of changing my heart and realizing there's something that I had to address here. Mm. Um, I mean, that trip didn't end well. Like I, I did come back to New York in May mm-hmm. and I felt free. <laughs> I felt like my ball and shackles were like yeah. gone. So and, when you were in yeah. Georgia, were they like imposing rules on you as if you were still in high school? Like you had a curfew or like you're allowed to do certain things or... Things like anything like that? Yes and no. So they would kind of stay off my case if I kept myself busy. Mm-hmm. So if I like worked out and like did things. But then also, um, so there's only one way I know how to relate to my dad, and it's golf. Mm-hmm. He plays golf. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I did, I have always wanted to learn. So I tried, and we were kind of in the backyard practicing. Um, but then it rained, and then at a certain point, I kind of got stressed out from him teaching me golf. Uh-huh. So I had to take a break. Mm. Um, but then, because I wasn't, like, consistent about it, it irritated my dad. And so it, it's like, yes, there are rules, but they're, like, unspoken rules. Yeah. Like, if you're going to pick up a hobby, you need to do the hobby every single day. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah, or, like, if you want to go somewhere, we'll give you a ride. Mm-hmm. Um and so it it was just kind of, I, we didn't know how to live with each other. Right, right. He was kind of like, you're home, I'm the dad. Mm. And then, you know, just you just have to live by these rules that you had when you were 16. And I was like, uh, I'm 32. <laughs> you haven't lived with me in 18 years. Yeah. You don't even know the, the food I like to eat or the favorite color I have. And so it, it was it was literally putting two strangers together, but unfortunately the strangers are father and daughter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and I think that's kind of the unique thing about Asian culture is you never stop being your parents' kids. You know, I, no. like I, one thing I realized is um, like in the American culture, like that separation happens like really well. Oh, like mm-hmm. it's a very clear cut separation, right? Oh, you're 18 get out of my house or like you know like you're an adult you can take care of yourself kind of thing but yeah it's funny because you know i'm married i have a kid like i have my own place but my mom she still comes to like watch my kid in the mornings but she's still like if i'm eating a bowl of cereal she'll be like 
is that all you're eating? Like, can you eat some real food, please? Like, you know, there are like, <laughs> she still thinks I'm her like little kid. So it's. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's my dad's and I's relationship is a kind of complicated compilation of we haven't lived together in so long. And when we did live together, um, it's like there's, he was just a really hardworking dad. So he wasn't around as much. Um, yeah, I mean, so to kind of go even further back, when I was little, when I was growing up and young, my grandmother raised me. So that's, that's why I speak Korean pretty well. Oh, I see. Mm. Um, my father and my mother... So my dad did have like a nine to five job. He was an engineer, but they also owned like a grocery store. And my mom owned like a deli. So it's one of those like breakfast lunch places at the bottom of an office building. So my mom would go, I think like four in the morning, go do that. My father would take us to school. He would go to his nine to five. And then after the nine to five and after my mom was done around three, they would go to the grocery store. Wow. Yeah, and and so I can kind of count the memories I have with my dad on my hands. Mm. And and those like things like, you know, that you see in these American family movies like putting their children to bed or like reading books or anything like that it doesn't exist. I mean, of course it's also cuz we're Asian it doesn't exist, mm. but it just um, the memories I have are like big milestones, like the first time we went to Six Flags or, you know, when my dad came to a graduation or, you know, but my parents were so busy and hardworking. I remember at a really young age, not even inviting them to like things like my elementary school concerts or performances, mm. because in my head, I had already had set the precedent. They can't come. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so... You know, when I say my dad and I don't know each other, we really don't. Mm. He really wasn't... He was there, but he was working really hard for the younger years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for the older years, he was living somewhere else. And so, I mean, I'm going to... So, I'm going to set the precedent. My my dad's a great dad. (laughs) I feel like I have to save face here, the Asian (laughs) thing to do. But really, all of this is more my perspective. Right. it's, it's just how I saw life mm-hmm. as, you know, their middle child, their daughter, and just how I felt. And so I know I'm, I'm going to often want to do this thing of kind of justifying why they did what they did. But in reality, like, this is telling you my side of it. Yeah, so. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know I, I often try to make excuses for them and trying really hard today not to. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, I, I, so I actually mentioned something about this um, two episodes ago. So this notion of perceived reality, kind of how you, I mean, because it, it obviously sounds like your parents were really hardworking, your dad, you know, doing like two things to support the family. I'm sure he was like killing himself to like provide a really nice life for you guys, right? But from your perspective, all you're seeing is this guy who's not really there. So I think it's like, yeah, you, sh- you, you should speak on your perceived reality today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, growing up, um, I knew my dad liked golf. <laughs> I knew my dad was an engineer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was kind of it. Mm-hmm. To be honest, even right now, if you ask me, like, what does your dad do? I can't explain it. I don't really know. Huh. <laughs> and it, it's... Part of it's because I haven't really asked, but another part of it is he doesn't really tell me. He just says, like, oh, I just manage people. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have, there's no basis in our relationship to kind of explain to each other what we do. Yeah. Wow. Um, I remember, like, when I first graduated college and I had a hard time finding a job for a little while, my dad kept sending me job postings. And they had nothing to do with what I had learned in school. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Mm. And I just, I remember just being like, thanks, dad, and moving on. But never really explaining, like, this is what I studied in college, and this is really the kinds of jobs that I want to look for. So we don't, 
we don't know how to talk to each other. Mm. We've never learned it and we've never, we've never done it. So, um, now like, you know, when we go back to a year ago to suddenly put two people in a house and expect that this relationship was going to work was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I mean, so what happened was I, I came, I had that, I call it kind of like a tumultuous time. (laughs) There's a lot of ups and downs. And I went back and I actually did, um, like a discipleship course with my church mm-hmm. and it was really good timing because all of this had happened and I was able to share this kind of broken relationship that I had with my father. Mm-hmm. And I remember my pastor telling me at the time, if you don't address this now, and if you don't figure out how to start and make a relationship with your father, it's going to seep into all the other relationships you have in life. Wow. And so I heard it, but I didn't hear it. Mm. You hear it, but you don't really like yeah. hear it. Yeah. <laughs> no, not. And I didn't process it. Mm. And so I thankfully got hired back to work in July. Mm. Um, and actually during that time, I came back to Georgia again. Oh, this time with a start date and an end date. <laughs> it wasn't like my parents came and drove and picked me up. I was like, you'll just stay here until you stay here. No, it was it was like there was a start date and there was an end date. Mm-hmm. And I had remembered what had happened the last time around. Mm-hmm. And I think my father had also kind of processed what had happened the last time around. And so it was a better trip in the sense where they understood I needed space. Mm. Um, it also was a better trip because I had I was working. So from nine to six, I had something to do. Mm. Um, but I still felt very suffoc. Like I would go to Publix, and because I needed, you know, I needed to buy like whatever food that I wanted, and I would sit in the car for a good thirty minutes <gasps> just to make sure I had like time alone. Oh. <laughs> It's it's a large house, but there's kind of like a closed door policy in that, especially in my family. I mean, we're very traditionally Korean. Uh-huh. And so when the door is closed, if my mom were to walk up, she'd be like, why is the door closed? Uh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you are you can be alone, but you're not really alone. Right, right. <laughs> and, you know, nothing against like my sister and brother-in-law, but they were living here too. So it was kind of like... It's just like juggling. It's for someone who's been living alone for now three, four years, all of a sudden only living with a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. It was kind of hard. Yeah. And so July was much better um, in the sense where my dad and I are kind of like not trying not to step on each other's toes. Mm. But it still wasn't a relationship. Mm. And so, you know, and at this time, I'm still taking that discipleship course. And really when it all hit me was... Um, at one point there was something going on at church. It was kind of like the format of like a prayer meeting. And I kept telling my pastor's wife. So I'm going to call her Samonim because it's a little easier in Korean, but Samonim is pastor's wife. Mm -hmm. Um, I kept telling her about it and I kept kind of venting to her. And she was like, have you talked to Pastor Brian? And I was like, no, why would I? You'll relay the information. Mm -hmm. And she was like, why won't, why won't you just tell Pastor Brian yourself? And that's when what he said, if I don't fix my relationship with my dad, it's going to affect every other relationship in my life, kind of hit me and fell to pieces. Oh, wow. And so I realized I was treating her like I treat my mom. I tell my mom everything. I tell her the good. I tell her the bad. I tell her the updates, knowing that she will pass the information to my dad. But I never tell my dad. Mm. And so here I was in this instance realizing, well, it's not just my dad. It's also me. Like I've never really given him the opportunity to even get to know me at this point. Mm. And then so, you know, that made me think about all relationships that I then had with males, Mm. Um, you know, past boyfriends, past dating. And I I came to the realization that I just, 
I don't give them everything. Like I don't give anyone everything. And that's probably why it didn't work out because I wasn't mm. willing to show who I truly was. And when I went a step further, I realized the things that I tell my dad are very milestone things in life. I graduated college. I got this on my SAT. I got into these colleges. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a job. I got a raise. I got a promotion. I'm getting a new job. So it's only good, only positive. Mm-hmm. And kind of things that I was sharing with my pastor, yes, prayer requests in a sense, but really only good things also. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in relationships in the past, when I was going through something or feeling things, I would never share those things with them, with those people. I, I would only share the good parts of me. And so it just came together. I was like, wow, I, I have this thing where I can't, open up to everyone fully because a there's a fear that i'm going to disappoint them Mm. but b i just don't know how to have a relationship with a male because i never had a relationship with my father wow so i mean (laughs) in that moment like how did you feel like was did it was it like devastating for you to like learn this or was it liberating um, devastating in the sense where I had to go through and process that I I still had resentment towards my dad. Mm. And, you know, at, you know, I'm going to be 33 at the end of the month. So at 33, I, I still haven't forgiven him mm. for kind of not being around when I was a kid. Wow. Um, also devastating in the sense where I realized my dad loves me because I am his daughter and I love my dad because I am his daughter. But do I really love my dad and does he really love me? Mm. Um, you know, because that's that's really only built from getting to know each other. Right. And so it's hard to say... I don't love my dad. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I do because he's my dad. I'm always going to love him. But do I love him because I know him as a person? No. Mm. It, and so that part was really hard. Yeah, I'm sure. Is there any sort of language barrier between you guys, though? No, my dad's English is perfect. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So my dad moved to America when he was 16. Um, okay, I see. I see. Mm-hmm. And he went to tech, actually. Oh, cool. Yeah, so he he learned English basically when he started working after college. Mm-hmm. And so my dad's English is perfect. We, we talk in English. I even talked to my mother in English. I'm sad to say after living away from my parents for so many years, Korean doesn't naturally come out anymore. <laughs> I've, it's like practice. I've kind of lost mm-hmm. it. And so... Um, there's no language barrier. There's just emotional barrier. I see. Wow. Because that's one of the things I think a lot of Asian Americans hide behind. It's, well, I can't mend the relationship because of this language barrier that we have. But but for you, that's not even there. Like, No. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and I mean, before it was like, I don't live with him. He lives in another country. Mm. So I use the distance as an excuse. But that's not even there anymore. Mm, I see. Wow. Um, I mean, you asked me if it was liberating. So the liberating part of all of this was I had finally figured out why I couldn't get close to God in my faith. Uh, Wow. Wow. I had realized, like, not only is this affecting everything in my earthly relationships, it's actually reflecting how I perceived and how I um, had a relationship with God. For me... You know, you know, he's God and I love him, but I always question, like, does he love me? Like, am I really worthy? Mm. Like, am I really doing the right things? Or, you know, when, when life gets tough, I did go to him, but I would be so much more excited to pray about all of the good things that I had done mm-hmm. than... And when it became time to like kind of confess my sins or be like, oh God, I'm not, I'm not doing well in this area. I would prefer to hide all of that. Mm. 
And so it was it was a very like aha moment of so not only is this earthly father affecting all the relationships I have in life, but it's also kind of mirror imaging how I perceive and see God. Mm, wow. It's one thing to understand God and know like, yes, you know, grace is a gift. I, I can't do anything to earn it. And I understand all of that. But really in the depths of your heart, your struggle is kind of getting your heart to align with your mind yeah. and what you understand. For sure. Yeah. And so it's funny because I think a lot of people kind of do the opposite. They have a better relationship with the Lord and then they transition into kind of fixing their relationships with their parents. Mm-hmm. For me, I realized I had to now learn how to have a relationship with my dad to then also be able to get deeper in my relationship with the Lord. I mean, they're, they coincide with each other, but you know what my pastor said, if you don't fix this now, it's going to affect everything. It, it really is. It really has. It really is. And it really will mm. is what I realized. Wow. Um, so then, so yeah. Oh, go yeah. ahead. No, because no, I was going to ask, no, was your move back? Because um, I know, I think on one of your Insta stories, you mentioned the move back to Georgia was still kind of semi-temporary, right? Because you were thinking maybe like a year or, or so, right? Um, yeah. So it's, t- it's, so it's in limbo right mm. now. So Macy's is all remote. So we all work from home we are actually not really projected to go back anytime soon. I see. And so thankfully, you know, I have the opportunity to not, I'm so I'm not re-signing my lease in New York. I see. Unfortunately this year, because I had Laurel Society before, I still have weddings in New York in 2021. Uh... And so my lease ends in New York, but I still have weddings there after that. So I keep having, I'm going to keep having to go back to New York. Mm, I see. So this, I, kind of, I think I said in one of them, I, there's no word for this because I do have two feet in both places. Mm. Um, all of my things will be in Georgia mm-hmm. and I'm actually going to change my driver's license. Mm, I see. <laughs> um, but I do have to keep going back to New York. Gotcha. So, so this is um, a much more permanent situation than what you thought your um, trip back in March was and what your trip in, in July was, right? Mm-hmm. This time around, so I, I recently came back and same thing, my parents came to pick me up mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I loaded up their car with basically everything that I'm not really using in New York <laughs> I see. and a lot of my like winter clothes and just, um, you know, just like the first phase of bringing things down to Georgia. Uh-huh. Gotcha. And I also, I think when push comes to shove, um, I have no plans of returning to New York. Wow. So then let me ask you, is the, is the reason for this semi-permanent move because you are able to repair your relationship with your dad? Or is it because you want to continue working on that relationship? Um, it's probably a start to that relationship repairment. Wow. Man, that's, that's so awesome. Yeah. I think for them, or for him, it's really exciting. Mm. He continues to say to me, I've heard it multiple times in the last like week, that he feels so at peace because all of his kids are back at home. Mm. And I think a year ago when I kept hearing that, I was really annoyed because I was like, I'm not home. This is not my home. <laughs> and I think <laughs> this time around, um, I'm really happy he feels that way. Mm. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We're going to fight. Yeah. <laughs> You're bound to fight and have disagreements and annoy each other. But it's the first time I've made such a big decision in life. And I have absolutely no anxiety about it. Wow, that's great. Yeah, and I'm I'm a very anxious person. <laughs> I even had to see a therapist about it. But mm. I think... I think right now I'm nervous because it's new and I'm nervous because I'm leaving behind or I'm moving on from a good 11 years of life Mm -hmm. in New York. Um, But 
you know, I, I'm, I'm not leaving because I, I lost my job or I like didn't make it to New York or I didn't, you know, I kind of failed in New York. I'm really leaving because I realized for the past 11 years in New York, I had been running away from addressing this. Mm. Wow. I had kind of enjoyed creating a dual life of... Um, so my full name is Lauren Sujong Song. And in Georgia, that's my legal full name. Mm-hmm. My parents gave it to me like that. In Georgia, I'm predominantly known as Sujong. Mm-hmm. And in New York, I'm predominantly known as Lauren. And so I had gotten really comfortable with identifying who Lauren was and, and really wanting that independence. Mm-hmm. Um, but only to realize, you know, you still crave and need your parents. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think it's, you know, just like, just like as Christians, especially Christians that are like born and raised Christians, Mm -hmm. you always crave God. Like even in your dark college years where you've like run away and you're like, I'm not a Christian anymore. (laughs) I'm not doing any of this. A deep part of you still craves that church mm-hmm. life. And so throughout the 11 years, I might have kind of established a Lauren life, but a deep inner child in me would, could never like let go of my parents. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I'm here and I'm excited to try to figure out how to marry the two. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And gosh, that's, that's so awesome because I feel like a lot of people have the mindset that once you're kind of deep into your adult years, like thirties and forties, that like relationships with your parents is just what it is. Like I don't hear of people trying to, you know, reconcile or like trying to mend like relationships or even like start relationships with their parents. Um, but that's, it's, it's amazing to hear your story because like you show us how it can affect other parts of life. Um, and yeah, and and you're showing us kind of an example of how, how to take that step, that leap of faith, if you will, um, in, you know, kind of leaving the life that you had already built kind of separate from your parents, um, to kind of step back in and, and say, Hey, let's have another go at this and, and try to start this relationship, uh, our, I mean, is that right to um, classify it as starting a relationship or is it just mending the relationship? You know, I I don't know if it's mending. Mm. (laughs) I mean, it is mending in a sense because it's broken because we never had much. Mm. But I guess for me, it's a little bit more starting. Mm. To be honest, it feels like, it feels like, a. that's weird to say this. It feels like a first date. Mm, yeah, yeah. That very awkward, like, well, what do I ask you? <laughs> or what? So this time around when my parents were supposed to pick me up, only my dad was supposed to come mm. originally. Mm-hmm. And I had anxiety. I was like, what are we going to talk about for 20 hours? Yeah. Like, what am I going to talk about? <laughs> and I texted my brother and I was like what do I talk about with dad and he was like what do you mean what do you talk about with dad and I was like I don't and so it's it's just I think I don't know I guess I I see it more as starting Mm. you know and you know oh go ahead please go ahead that story I told you about when he came at 16 and how he learned I learned that in the car ride coming down to Georgia a couple of days ago. Oh, wow. I had written out a list of questions, like, for my dad. Mm. And there was a moment my mom... So my mom ended up coming with us. So, oh, my God, thank God she was there to buffer. <laughs> but <laughs> but she had fallen asleep. And, you know, my, oh, my, my father, who's really old in age, is driving and doing the straight shot. Mm. And so... I, you know, I asked him, I kind of was like, so like, when did you come here? <laughs> and so I, I learned that a couple of days ago. Wow. I learned it because I knew I was going to talk to you. And I was like, oh no, there are things that I should know, but I don't know. <laughs> I see. Wow. 
You know, but I, I will say this. Um, as a father to a daughter, so I mean, my my daughter is what she's like twenty months old now. She's she's very young. I I know for a fact your dad like loves the fact that you're trying so hard. You know, because I I can't imagine not having that relationship with my daughter. And but then like if it, if we ever got to a point where you know because of circumstances this here and that. Um, you know, we, we were kind of distant, and we didn't really have that relationship. Like it would, it would mean the world to me if like she kind of left her life in New York. You know, I mean, because New York, everyone wants to end up in New York, right? Like <laughs> to leave New York and then come back to like her hometown with kind of one of her main motivating factors being like I want to build this relationship with my dad. Wow, like I almost teared up just saying that. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure your dad. Yeah, he's so uh, super appreciative of, of kind of what you're doing, like all the sacrifices you're making, to yeah, for that relationship. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited. <laughs> it's it's gonna be slow. Yeah, it's, I'm sure it's gonna be so slow, yeah. um, but I'm excited to kind of go through what we missed out on mm. the last thirty years. Mm. I think. Um, I think for me, there have been, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 33 and I'm still single and not married. And I've always kind of, it's not that I'm like, oh, I need to get married, but I've always kind of wondered why I was never in place in life to get married. And I really do believe that this is why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, you know, God, his plan is it surpasses like what I could ever think of. And I really do think that, you know, this is going to be such a great hurdle that I have to go through. Um, It's also going to be nice living at home. So like I said, my brother had, you know, moved to Seattle with my parents. So my brother has been an only child with my parents. Mm. And my sister in her twenties kind of lived with my parents when my brother was in college. So she's kind of been an only child then. And so I think this is kind of an opportunity for me to live with them. And not that I'm saying I'm going to be an only child because my brother does live down the hallway. Mm -hmm. But just, you know, to kind of have the opportunity for their attention. Mm. Yeah, that's great. So um, we're at the hour mark. And I asked this to everybody. Um, is there any part of the story that we talked about um, that we didn't get to cover that you, you wanted to talk about? Um, no, I mean, <laughs> maybe I'll come back in a year and give you an update. Yeah, no, please. <laughs> oh, it's going. I, I would love to. Whenever. <laughs> if there's any significant uh, progression or anything like that, please feel free to. Uh, uh, well, I. I I will request that you come back on the podcast uh, to give us an update. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's that's awesome because you don't you don't see that a lot. Um, the the willingness for people our age to like take that um step to, yeah, because you know that your story is isn't. I mean, it's pretty extreme. Um, in, in terms of like your li- like life circumstances, like your parents, you know, running like multiple businesses and all of that. But it's pretty similar to uh, like most Asian American stories, right? Especially second generation Asian Americans having yes. that distance um, or um, unfamiliarity with their parents. Um, but I, I don't hear a lot of stories of those people saying, well, let me go back and try to like mend or reconcile this relationship. So it's really awesome to hear about your story. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing about, you know, what fruits are born out of out of this um but before we end i I do i do want to ask so you mentioned um laurel society you are not taking any new bookings because you're in georgia so do you do you have any plans on um restarting laurel society here in georgia Mm, yes (laughs) so I'm I'm going to finish out the year in New York, mm-hmm. um, and then it's kind of pending on what happens with Macy's. To be honest, I see. 
Um, if we can continue to be more flexible where I can be stay remote predominantly, um, I will open up 2022 again mm-hmm. and take bookings in Georgia instead of New York. Mm. But... Um, yeah, it's it's kind of like a pending thing. I see. Um, I do have a nephew. So David is my cousin, David Song, mm-hmm. and he he had a second born son, and I've already offered to my sister and or my cousin in law. You know, I'll I'll do his first birthday. Aww. Whatever flowers you need, I'm gonna do yeah. it. And so I can't really run away from flowers. I know <laughs> I love it too much. Um, but kind of 2022 is pending. Mm. It. It's closed right now because just because I don't want to be in New York, but then having a wedding in Georgia or in Georgia, but having a wedding in New York. I see. So if I, I kind of found it best to leave it closed for now. Um, but yeah, yeah, probably we'll do flowers in Georgia. I did my cousin's wedding last year and it was fun. Yeah. And so, so th- we'll see. So then uh, I guess in, uh, in, in our one year update, episode you can give us a more definitive answer on laurel society as well <laughs> yes i will let you know where i'm taking bookings and what i am doing awesome well um thank you thank you so much for um your time today lauren and, and sharing your story with us um and yeah i mean i'm super encouraged by it. you know what's funny uh, my dad called me while we were recording this um so i'm actually excited <laughs> to call him back uh, and, and talk to him Aww. yeah <laughs> so uh yeah thanks thanks for sharing um it's, it was super encouraging and um guys if you have any questions or any feedback on today's episode please feel free to reach out um, via email on ihthpodcast at gmail.com or on instagram at um i hope to hear this or on twitter at ihthpodcast also you can find the video on youtube and i'm gonna make a plug for you lauren um Laurel Society, it's Laurel dot, it's a Laurel period society. Yeah. So on Instagram, follow uh, uh, Lauren, uh, uh, Lauren's company, Floral Company. Is that, is that what you call yeah, it? Yeah. That's right. Uh, yeah, it's Laurel dot company. Um, I'm sorry, Laurel dot society, or I'll, I'll link it on the episode description so you can find it there. Um, yeah, flowers, amazing. It's pretty. So yeah, go, go do yourself a favor and, uh, Watch, watch what Lauren does with the Laurel Society in 2022. Um, yeah, once again, Lauren, thank you so much. Um, and for all the listeners, thank you guys for tuning in. And I hope you guys enjoyed. <laughs>